This is Speaking with the Enemy on the Thai Cats Audio Network. Here is Louis Butko. Yes, the show is Speaking with the Enemy. The Enemy this week, oh, you already know it. It's the Labor Day Classic. It's the Toronto Argonauts. And to discuss that, we bring in my friend Mike Hogan. Hoagie, happy Labor Day to you. <laughs> Come on, man. We, we, can, we can have some fun. I know what the show is called. I know it's Labor Day. We're supposed fun. to hate each other this week. You're I just brutal. can't I do never, it. I never liked you. I never liked anything about you. You're dead to me. That's better. I hope That's we beat better. you by 120. Uh, well, let's, let's get right into the game. I mean, the Argos didn't have a lot of success at Tim Hortons Field. They've really changed that that storyline uh, because they're, I mean, they, they just couldn't win on Labor Day. And, and, and really this game means a lot for the Ticats as much as it does for the Argos, doesn't it? Yeah, it was tough. What was it? Eight out of nine at Tim Hortons field before last year and, and got that King Kong sized monkey off the back. And, you know, I, I still think it's Labor Day. I have no idea what the hell is going to happen. Um, you know, if I, I have, from an Argo perspective, I have two concerns. One, the team shows up flat like it did in Calgary. Uh, I don't think that can happen on a Labor Day, much like I don't think it's possible for the Ticats to show up flat on a Labor Day. Uh, the other thing that concerns me is the Ticats get out to a two-score lead, lead early. Um, if it works the other way, I, I don't know if you agree with me on this. I did this in our keys to the game. I don't think the Ticats are built to play from behind, I think they're pl- built to play from ahead. Uh, whereas the Argos can can score in bunches, so if they're down 14, it doesn't really matter because you know, it's it's how are they going to get to 31 points, um, and when um, is is that a fair assessment or is just because I, Butler's Butler and Tim White are the two guys that scare me the most from a tie cap perspective. Yeah, I mean, I I go back to that that first game, uh, you know, when when the Argos came to to Tim Hortons Field. That, that game was never in doubt, right? I mean, there was it was a bit slower, but the Argos did kind of what we expected them to do. They, they went up big in that second quarter and really never – they might have taken their foot off the gas, but they, they nev- that win was never in doubt. And I think if that team shows up, um, the Ticats are going to be in trouble. But I think the Ticats are a much different team. Uh, you know, I think there's confidence in Taylor Powell. Uh, you know, Scott Milanovic, who you know very well, is, is getting his hands all over this offense a little bit more than that first week. So uh, this week of practice has been huge, I would think, for the Ticats. And I'm uh, talking to my buddy Braden Neville, uh, host of Ticats today, about that later. Um, but, I, I mean, you and I have been around. It doesn't matter if the Argos were 0-11 coming into this game, you know, that 0-8 year. The Ticats, how, how much is that talked about? Just the fact that just how big this game is from a history standpoint, I mean, you know, the Ticats talk a lot about, you know, standing on the shoulders of those who came before them. Uh, is the is it reflected the same way as the Argonauts in the room when it comes to this rivalry? I, I think what the coaching staff will do is mention it to the new guys who aren't aware of, of, of the Labor Day rivalries across the country. A lot of these guys have been a part of a couple now uh, with the crossover with, with the Stampeders and the Argos. They've seen uh, at least a couple of these rivalries, so they get it. Um, they know what Tim Hortons is like. Um, there are there are folks who can get to one game a year. They're going to make sure it's this one uh, from a Ticat fan perspective. Um, and there's nothing more that Ticat fans in Hamilton want to do is, is send the Argos down the QEW disappointed, uh, especially when the standings are like they are right now. Um, from a Hamilton perspective, it's not only a huge two points with, with Ottawa, 
you know, right there with them and, and Montreal now within grasp if they can get a couple of things going. And if, you know, if, if on Saturday night Montreal happens to lose to BC, that adds a little fire to both teams heading into Monday. Um, whereas from an Argo perspective, it's a chance to really almost officially put Hamilton in the rearview mirror uh, because it would not only move them up to, it would be two points that Hamilton can't get and it would win the tiebreaker. So, you know, we've all heard about the four-point game. This is a five-point game if the Argos can win it because then the tiebreaker, you know, is 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 in the Argos' possession. So I think that historically um, this team has been very adamant about not looking ahead in the schedule. 1-0 uh, and is not just a thing. The goal is 1-0, and and that's all they talk about. Uh, nobody is thinking a week ahead, uh, you know, to the Montreal game. Everybody's focused on this one. And I, I think that there are enough veterans on this team and the coaching staff is adamant enough that they're not going to lose sight. And all I have to do is say, look what happened in Calgary when we weren't focused. We went out and got our asses kicked. And, and that's the last thing they want to happen on Monday. Um, eight and one, first place in the East you know, by a lot. Defending Grey Cup champions. How is this team... I mean, it doesn't seem like they're running up against too many challenges right now. How are they staying motivated to, to be as good, to pe- to play football as well as they've been playing? I mean, it, it's just come to be – maybe it's just because I'm not used to seeing this, you know, right? Yeah. The Argos being as dominant as they are. But how are they keeping this momentum going on and off the field? I, I think that it's, it's an incredibly businesslike team. Um, they, they show – when Mike Clemens – wanted to put this team together with Dinwiddie and Magri and Murphy and everybody involved, uh, Alex Russell. Um, they wanted to get guys who would just play, um, guys who are dedicated, guys who aren't going to be goofballs off the off the field. Um, you know, there's been a weeding out process, and then, you know, what they have now are consummate professionals who show up, they work hard at practice, and I think there's peer pressure to excel. And there's also pressure because there's so much depth on this team. Nobody's guaranteed of starting every week. Look in the secondary. Um, Peters has been a healthy scratch. McFadden has been a healthy scratch on multiple occasions. Um, I assume, you know, McFadden's going to get back into the lineup with the injury to Amos. Uh, I don't know how the back end is going to, you know, what it's going to look like on Monday. But um, they've, they've got depth at basically every position. So if you're not going to perform... There's a guy behind you waiting to take your job, and there are some pretty good players on the one-game injured list and on the practice roster. Um, we were supposed to do the show yesterday, so our apologies to uh, my program director, Dave Cadeau, who was expecting the show on Thursday. Never, never something... apologize to Cadeau. Never, <laughs> ever apologize to Cadeau. Ever. All right, I take that back then. I take that back. Uh, okay. Uh, but there was some pretty big news happening in Argo land yesterday. Uh, classic Pinball Clemens trying to steal the headlines on Labor Day Classic uh, week. A uh, big contract for uh, Chad Kelly, three-year deal. Just, I mean, your, your initial thoughts when you had heard that this deal was going to be signed um, and what it means to the Argos to, to, to lock him up long-term. Uh, it was two or three weeks ago that I was tipped off that this was was – not imminent, but was close. Um, so it gave us and the communication side chance to, to, to get some stuff ready for the release and, and to, to, to plan the, the announcement. Um, so when it came, it wasn't a surprise. I was honestly 
elated when I heard the news for the first time that it was going to be a multi-year deal. Um, that, one of my biggest fears was with all of the momentum that we've been building up Toronto, both on and off the field, uh, that a guy with Chad Kelly's ability and Chad Kelly's charisma and personality, and he's become a, you know, we'll use the term swagger. Fans are really attracted to this dude. Um, we've got some players right now in Toronto that fans really like. A.J. Olette is, is a real fan favorite. Curly Gittins Jr. is a real fan favorite. Um, you know, so to be able to keep a guy like Kelly, who, you know, is the straw that's stirring the drink right now, that's huge. This If, if the Argos were 8-1 and right now and winning games 12-9, I don't think you'd see the same level of excitement. But they're averaging 40 points a game at home. That's crazy. Um, you know, people are coming out to BMO Field having a blast. They're hearing the cannon go off a lot. And you know what it's like when, when the Ticats are, are playing well and scoring a bunch of points. People go home early and they can't wait to get back to Tim Horton's field. You saw that with back-to-back, -back, you know, runs to the Grey Cup and Speedy B being as dynamic as any player in the league. We're going through that right now in Toronto and trying to capitalize on that. And, and the fact that Chad Kelly's committed to this city and to this team and to this organization and these fans, that's huge. I mean, Steve Simmons had a great uh, piece about it in, in the uh, Sun today. Um, you know, I read it, read it online, but you know, talking about just a, a homegrown quarterback that the Argos can can call their own. Um, how how important is is that when it comes to the marketability of, of you know locking this guy up long term? It, he's a fresh face in the league that will you know likely always be remembered wearing an Argos jersey. He's got that great cup already, but how important is that in Argonaut land? I I, I think it's great for the league that he's homegrown. For the team, I don't think it matters. Um, you know, if Doug Flutie came over and, and signed a five-year deal after playing in Calgary, nobody cared. Nobody cared that Matt Dunnigan came from 19 other teams before he got to Toronto, or Damon Allen likewise, or Ricky Ray. Like, ooh, Ricky Ray played in Edmonton. Nobody's going to go and see him because he's not homegrown. Uh, but I, I I, just think the fact that, uh, you know, and Bo Levi Mitchell, like, do you, I know it hasn't worked out, but when when he signed, did fans care that he had played a thousand years in Calgary? No, they were happy to see him in black and gold. Um, the fact that Chad Kelly is a fresh face, uh, a new talent in the CFL, you know, five years older or whatever than Nathan Rourke, but, you know, unless your team was playing BC last year, who the hell didn't like to watch Nathan Rourke play football? And I know maybe it's different different in Hamilton because of the rivalry, but if you're out in Saskatchewan right now and, and Chad Kelly's not playing the Riders, don't you love watching him play? Um, I mean, he's just he's, he's just brought a level of excitement to the league, and I think that's fantastic. And, and, and whether or not, you know, he started his career in Hamilton and came over a year later, uh, I don't think people care. Much like if, if Chad Kelly signed next year, with with the Ticats, they wouldn't care that he was 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 in Toronto. It would add to the storyline, yeah. obviously. But <laughs> uh, but I, I, I the fact that he's homegrown, eh, I, yeah. I, um, I, I don't think it matters. To to I mean, we've been talking about this, and, and you've touched on it a little bit. Just the fun people are having. I mean, as long as you and I have been doing this show, it's I think this is about three years. We've been talking about the work that's been going on at the offices to get people in. Now that you're starting to see it with the results on the field. What does it mean to you to to see? I don't want to say life back at Argonauts fan, or like at, at BMO Field, because I don't think that's fair. But to see that excitement build and and what it was and where it is and where it could be for you. I mean, you have to be looking at this like 
I mean, look in your chops a little bit. <laughs> well, it's, you know, I, I've been a fan of the CFL as long as I can remember, right? To, 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 to show how old I am, the first game I remember watching was the 71 Grey Cup. You know, Argos lose on the Leon McQuay fumble. And the fact that I hosted a talk show in Toronto for 25 years at two different stations and would talk CFL and found it difficult to get any kind of traction in the Toronto market was difficult to go on shows like yours and ones across the country and other markets and invariably be asked about the attendance gets very frustrating. And, and it was like, okay, I've done this every freaking interview. I want to stop doing it. And the fact that now we see some momentum in the other direction. Um, I think if you, t I know there's a CFL attendance site that compares attendance. If you take the two um, Atlantic Canada games out of the equation, I think our attendance is up over 30% um, from a year ago, which was up from the year before. Um, we're, it's still, we still have a hell of a long way to go, but, you know, seeing an average of 15 or 16,000, whatever it is this year, is a lot better than seeing 12 or seeing those games where there's nine. And I can't wait to be working for the Argos when we look at a crowd like the last one where we had 18,000 and saying, what the hell did we do wrong? Why did we only have 18,000 there? Um, I, I wait for the day that we sell out the lower bowl for an exhibition, for, for, sorry, for uh, a non-playoff game, for a regular season game. I long for the fact when we sell out the entire building instead of getting 21 or 22,000 for a playoff game. And we're on the right direction. And, and part of that hard work is working with youth football. That's the target. I get sick when people say MLSC and the Argos don't market. Um, we're not blanket marketing the market. We're going right after the people who have an interest in the sport to begin with. They're playing it. And we've got to get younger people in the stands at BMO Field, much like every CFL team has to do. They've got to get that generation that was maybe skipped, that became NFL fans only. And we've got to show them how much fun the Canadian Football League is in Toronto, in Hamilton, in Ottawa, in Montreal, in BC, the non-traditional big ones. I hate seeing Calgary go through what they're going through right now. I hate seeing Edmonton going through what they're going through right now because I've been there. I hate Ottawa seeing the decrease because I was in Ottawa when, when, when things started to go bad. Um, I want every team to play well enough and exciting enough that even when the team loses, people are intrigued enough to go back and have a good enough time to go back. Um, the fact that we're doing it right now and a hell of a lot of hard work is starting to pay off, you know, sign me up. But we, we're, not even, we're not even close to where we want to be. It's all, all really well said there, uh, Hoagie. And I know, I know personally uh, the work that you guys are doing and the variety of fans, especially in a city like Toronto, the, uh, the different types of fans – uh, that you're introducing to Canadian football and then uh, making sure they come back. Uh, it definitely helps when they win. It's a lot more fun. And yeah, the Argos have been doing lots of that uh, at 8-1. and one. Uh, To go to 9-1, and one, what are they going to have to do on uh, Monday? What's, uh, what's going to be the key for the Argos uh, to escape Tim Hortons Field with a win? Uh, first of all, keep playing offensively like they've been playing. Um, you don't need one or two guys to dominate. You know, every before every game, Ben Grant on the broadcast and I spin the wheel of receivers and try to predict who's going to be the guy that week because it's yeah. been a different guy every week. Um, it can be Coxy one game. It can be Daniels one game. It can be Gittins. We've seen David Ungerer and Dejan Brissett both take turns. Cam Phillips has been big a couple of games. Like, it's everybody. So you don't, they're going to look for a matchup and exploit it. Don't try to force feed it. The obvious one, hang on to the football. The football is your friend. 
Um, as I say, don't let Hamilton get out to a two-score lead. I, 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 you know, I, I, I think that doesn't affect the Argos as much as it might affect the Ticats. Don't give them that added boost. And uh, just be aware of Jeff Reinbull. I, he's, he's one of my favorite guys in the league. I love watching what he does, but damn it, I hate playing against him. He's evil. <laughs> He is just he's he's he is he is a he's a incredibly smart coach. Um, he's a joy to watch because he's like Mike O'Shea. He just knows the ins and outs. He knows the rule book inside and out, and isn't afraid to try something silly. And it usually works. Um, so I, as well as uh, the Argo special teams have played with Javon Leak, you know for punt return touchdowns already for a guy who's never returned punts until last year he was a kick returner only in college um i, I still fear something that reinbold's gonna do uh just because that's who he is <laughs> yeah exactly you and i know him well enough uh to expect the unexpected when it comes to special teams uh jeff reinbold's coaching uh hoagie appreciate this as always uh looking forward to seeing you down at tim horton's field on monday which uh, should be beautiful weather and a beautiful football game, and uh, one of us will be going home upset, most likely. We're, we're bringing the Harold Ballard Trophy with us, Ooh. and we hope oh. to raise it after the game. That's a little, uh, little presumptuous, you know. It's, no, it's, we, uh, uh, we're bringing it just in case. Just, just in case. In case. Uh, all right, well, we'll see you down there with that uh, big hunk of metal uh, that the Ticats are hoping to get back. Uh, but thanks for doing this, Hoagie. I really appreciate it. Anytime, pal. You know that. Remember, you can catch a brand new episode of Speaking with the Enemy as part of Tiger Cat pregame, which begins at 2 o'clock on Monday, getting you set for the Labor Day Classic. And are you going to the Labor Day Classic? Well, Eric Harris will be the alumnus of Distinction and honored just before kickoff. Gates open at 2 o'clock. Get your tickets at ticats.ca slash tickets. If you're going down there on Monday, look for me. I uh, would love to say hi to you at uh, Tim Hortons Field. We will see you then and there. In the meantime, from all of us here at the Tag Cats Audio Network, I'm Louis Butko. Hoping you have a great day.